0: Welcome to the One Bite Vegan Food for Thought Summit, a series of 15 podcasts that present different aspects of a vegan lifestyle from some of the most prominent thought leaders in veganism. Perhaps you want to learn how to be a better advocate for animals. Maybe you want to feel confident about raising your family on a plant-based diet. Proudly sponsored by VegFund, the One Bite Vegan Food for Thought Summits for you. Hello and welcome to the One Bite Vegan Food for Thought Summit. I'm your host Emma Leticia, and in this episode, we're talking to Dr. Ruby Thomas. Dr. Thomas is a pediatrician and preventive medicine physician specializing in lifestyle medicine for families. She helps parents and children struggling with weight issues, obesity, pre-diabetes type 2 diabetes, and hypertension to improve their diets and lifestyle behaviors in order to optimize their health. And we're going to talk with Dr. Thomas now to find out about raising children on a plant-based diet. Hi, Dr. Thomas. Thank you for joining us to talk about vegan kids.
1: Hi, thank you for
0: having me. Because you're kind of like a unicorn in the medical world, and by that I mean it's seriously hard to find a vegan pediatrician, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to be vegan?
1: Sure. So I first became vegan about 14 years ago, and it actually occurred when I met my husband. He was actually a vegan when I met him. And I was never really a big meat eater. Did a little chicken, turkey, never any pork or beef love cheese. So that was a little a bit of a struggle to give up, but decided to give it a try. And like, I literally never looked back, you know, my skin cleared up, I lost a little weight, had more energy, and I just felt better. And so I ended up sticking with it. And, you know, fast forward, I met him when I was in medical school, actually. So fast forward about five, six, seven, eight years. And um, we had our first son, who's now eight years old, decided to raise him vegan too. So, you know, I had never learned anything about it in medical school. Very little nutrition training at all. A little bit more in pediatrics, but more clinical nutrition for, you know, deficiencies and things like that. Not like raising a healthy child on a plant-based diet. So started doing my research and figuring things out and just took it from there. And he's now like a thriving eight-year-old, had another son who's five, who's also been vegan since he's been born. It's been a little bit of, you know, learning on the job and a little bit of using my clinical background and researching. And luckily, there's a a lot more information about plant-based diets now than there was even five or 10 years ago. So a lot more information is coming out to help parents and families.
0: Hmm. So, you mentioned that at medical school there wasn't a lot of training on nutrition in general, let alone plant based diets and things. So, what kind of feedback or comments do you get from your non vegan pediatrician colleagues regarding a plant based diet?
1: I mean, they really just don't know much about it. And their default positioning is, you know, oh, I don't know about that. It sounds like it, you know, might be lacking some nutrients like the vitamin D and calcium that people think of typically getting from cow's milk or dairy or that is lacking enough fat, especially in like the first couple years of life. Babies need a lot of fat to help their brain develop. So they, you know, they're skeptical about it initially. And they don't really support families who choose to pursue it because they don't really know. So I think it's you know a little bit of ignorance, a little bit of fear. And, you know, there hasn't been a lot of education around it. So it's understandable why many pediatricians would feel that way.
0: Mm. So you've obviously chosen to raise your two children on a plant-based diet. So let's just get this from a vegan pediatrician, is it safe to raise a child on a vegan diet?
1: I say to people, has anybody ever died because they ate too many fruits and vegetables? (laughs) Like if you can prove to me the person who ate too many vegetables and too much fruit and like passed away, then, you know, I'll say it's not safe, but it's, it's totally safe. As long as you're getting good basic nutrition and you're feeding your child real food, it's totally fine. I know many times people hear horror stories about like the vegan kid who was starving and ended up in the hospital because they were so now mal- malnourished. And that's what the headline says, like vegan parents starve child. But when you look deeper into the story, it's like they weren't feeding the child anything. So, of course, the child wasn't thriving. But if yeah. you feed your child a good, good healthy food, yeah, it's totally fine.
0: Yeah. And as you say, there's a lot of information now out there to support vegan parents as well. So education is key in making sure that we get the balanced diet. I've got a baby, she's now 15 months old. And when I was pregnant, I was looking at lots of things like, you know, if I couldn't breastfeed, what are my options? And there seem to be a lot of formulas out there that are made from or based on animal milk. But Mm -hmm. for mums that aren't able to breastfeed for whatever reason, what other options are available that, would be suitable for
1: vegans? Of course, there are the soy-based formulas, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of. If you're going to do that, if you have no other option, you can do like an, I would definitely make sure it's an organic soy formula. I know in Europe, there's, you know, development of these rice-based formulas and things like that that are happening. So I think there are actually more options in Europe than there are in the U.S., But I'm going to tell you what I did with my four month old, my oldest son, because I was not able to breastfeed for the full year like I wanted to. And my milk dried up and I was sort of unprepared for it because I thought, oh, no, I'm going to be able to breastfeed for a long time. But I just couldn't. So I actually ended up making my own formula. And again, I sat down, I looked at the formula the traditional formula ingredients, looked at the, the calories. And, you know, I had this advantage because I was a pediatrician, so I know he needs this many calories per ounce per day in order to grow. So I looked, I got out some hemp milk. I use either hemp milk or rice milk and some hemp protein. And I put some coconut oil in it and some molasses for my iron and some vitamin D and a multivitamin. And I mixed that up every day. And that's what he drank for about eight months until I switched him over to, I think I switched him to hemp milk when he was one or two. So that can be done.
0: That actually sounds really, really yummy. (laughs) Not just for babies. He drank it. (laughs) Yeah, he liked it.
1: And it was a total experiment on my part. Like I didn't tell my colleagues what I was doing. I was like, okay, we'll see how this works. But yeah, I made sure the calories are there. I made sure the electrolytes looked fine and he was great. So
0: when I use, I make up some smoothies for my daughter to kind of like hide in some fruits and veggies that maybe she's kind of at a spitting stage at the moment. And hemp milk is my go-to because I've read that it's probably the best milk for babies. If you're going to give them a plant-based milk, is that right? Yeah.
1: It's pretty equivalent to cow's milk as far as fat and protein, which are the big two things. So, yeah, I definitely recommend hemp milk for babies, for weaning, or if you're going to make a formula.
0: Fantastic. So we talked about having a balanced, healthy diet made of real food. But what are some of the key nutritional deficiencies that vegan parents should keep an eye on?
1: Well, I would say there are three, which aren't even true just for vegans. It's pretty much for most kids. Of course, the biggest one is B12. You know, it typically comes from animal products, basically because the animals, you know, eat food from the soil that makes the B12. Yeah, And there had even been some talk now that, you know, soils in general are really depleted of B12. So it's not even VFs. so need to be worried
0: about deficiency,
1: but definitely supplementing some extra B12. Vitamin D.
0: Uh-huh. Which is,
1: you know, true for all babies. We tell all parents, especially if they're exclusively breastfeeding for the first year, to add vitamin D, give the baby a vitamin D supplement because breast milk is pretty low in vitamin D. And vitamin D is you add it to infant formulas. And then iron is the other one, which is also added to infant formulas. And again, this isn't just true for vegans, this is for all children who are at risk for iron deficiency. So supplementing a little iron starting at about six months, B12 and vitamin D starting as early as you can are really the big three.
0: Okay, great. So do we need to be giving our vegan children supplements and how do we deliver them? Is it what sort of things are on the market that you would recommend?
1: There are actually some pretty good like children's multivitamins So vitamin D comes in little drops. There's one brand called Baby D Drops that's in like a little blue box. It's just like 400 units of vitamin D and a little coconut oil. But there are several different types of vitamin D drops that you can just drop directly into baby's mouth or if mom is breastfeeding, place on her nipple and have the baby feed from there. Iron and B12, you can typically wait a little bit longer to give, like around the four to six month mark. And so there's actually a multivitamin brand called Rainbow Light Multivitamins. Mm -hmm. And they have a good uh, multivitamin. It's actually a powder that comes in a little pack for infants that has iron and vitamin D and B12 in it. And you just mix it with food and formula once a day. And for older kids, they have like a chewable multivitamin that you can give to that has iron and B12 in it, vitamin D, also some probiotics and herbs. And that's actually what I, I give my kids. So that's the brand I like. There are a few others out there as well. You just have to look at the ingredients and see what's in them and make sure there's enough uh, of the important things in there. And also that they're vegan as well. And that they're vegan, no gelatin, you know, none of the weird dyes and sugars and red number 42, like the Flintstones vitamins, which are really popular here, have a lot of dyes in them. So I tend to tell people to avoid those if they can.
0: Oh, that's scary. Okay. We all have to go through that phase, I think, with our children where they suddenly decide that, you know, they don't want to eat certain things. What advice can you give to parents who have kids that are particularly picky eaters or are kind of refusing to eat veggies?
1: Yeah, so that's the normal developmental phase for children in the toddler phase of life. And toddlers tend to be grazers anyway, so they'll eat throughout the day, just little small things. They may not sit down and eat a big meal, which goes sort of hand in hand with the pickiness. But as a parent, your job is to offer food that's nutritious and that's available to the child. The child gets to decide how much they're gonna eat. Now as a parent, you have to set the boundaries. So if they refuse to eat vegetables, that doesn't mean they get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich just because you're worried that they're gonna be going to bed hungry. Like, you have to set the boundary like, all right, this is what's for dinner tonight. It's broccoli and beans or tofu or whatever it is. You can choose to eat it or not, but this is the meal. And, you know, that's the boundary. That's it. If they don't eat, that's their choice. But if you set that boundary over time, the child learns that, oh, this is the only option. If I'm hungry, I should eat it. That behavior may get better. You know, and moms and parents were sort of soft hearted and they were like, oh, I don't want them to go to bed hungry but a child just biologically innately is not going to starve themselves to death. So if they're (laughs) hungry enough, they will eat what's in front of them. So it's really as parents, we have to train ourselves to be a little more firm, especially with the pickiness.
0: Yeah. I think that's interesting too, what you say about toddlers and their, their eating habits and being grazers because we're kind of set in this three meal a day pattern. And that doesn't, to gel well with with how they are so that's really a good yeah. point to think about. Yeah because
1: they're eating and then they're playing and running and burning off energy and then they want to eat some more and then they're playing and running like they don't want to sit down and stop exploring the world you know to eat you know like that three times a day set up sometimes so yeah that's totally normal.
0: Hmm. <laughs> and with older children it can be a little bit difficult For vegan children and non vegan social situations like birthdays and school, what advice can you give to parents to make it easier for kids to not feel left out?
1: You know, I actually think it's training for life because as you get older and go out into the world, a lot of people are going to be doing a lot of things that aren't necessarily that good for you. So today it's a cupcake at a kid's birthday party. You know, 10 years from now it might be drugs or alcohol. So I think it's important to teach children that, like, you know, sometimes you can't have what everybody else has, and that's okay. And, you know, as a parent, there are ways to also support your child. You can eat before you go. You can take your own treats to the party. Other parents have been pretty understanding, like if they know we're vegan, sometimes without me even saying anything when we go, um, they're like, oh, we have vegan cupcakes. We have this here for, you know, your kids. So You know, if people know that's the lifestyle you live, and luckily I live in a very close-knit, understanding community, people make accommodations. But you can always bring your own treats or have an alternative treat or say, hey, we're going to go to this party. You know, we're going to see whoever for his birthday. There's going to be treats there that you may not be able to have. But, hey, afterwards, we'll go and do something else or I'll bring something for you. And, you know, just set the expectations for the child this is what the situation is.
0: Yeah, as I think we sometimes underestimate children. Yes, it is difficult for them in those situations, but there is a, an opportunity to explain things to them and, and why, yeah. why you live a certain way. And totally. what are your best tips for parents that are raising their kids vegan?
1: I think the biggest tip I can say is just to teach them. I mean, if you start early and just teach them, you know, this is what we eat. You can tell them why they may or may not understand at that age, but this is what we eat. You know, we don't eat this stuff. We do eat this stuff. And honestly, you know, with my boys, this is all they know. So they don't know anything different. And we have our treats, you know, we have our mock chicken nuggets and our cupcakes when we have our treat nights and our ice cream there's so much stuff on the market now for vegans that you know they don't feel like they're missing out on anything they have their pizza and so they're fine and they know what they eat and what they don't eat so even at school now my oldest son is in I think he's in fourth grade now actually he knows the teachers will tell me, oh, we had cupcakes today and Kwame didn't have any. He's like, oh, no, I don't eat that. Like he knows. So just teaching them, you know, teaching them to be their own people and to speak up and to be able to explain to people what they eat and why they eat this way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, because you're based in the U.S. and I would really love that you were based here in France. <laughs> So, <laughs> my my pediatrician. Um, if listeners would like to find a vegan pediatrician, is there a list of you somewhere or? Um.
1: So yes, there's actually a database called Plant Based Docs. Okay. It's a website. I think that's the URL, and you can go in and search in your area just for vegan doctors in general. You know, whether it be pediatrician or adult doctor. There's also the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, which promotes plant-based diets for children, for everybody, children, adults. And they also, I think, have a listserv. So either one of those two sources.
0: Okay, perfect. That brings us to the end of our interview. Dr. Thomas, thank you so much for talking with us and for all the amazing work you're doing to help transform the health and lives of so many families.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: If this podcast has inspired you and you'd like to learn more about Dr. Thomas's work and how to keep your family healthy on a plant-based diet, please click the link on her bio in today's email. You'll find details to her social media accounts where you can follow her work and keep in contact. Finally, thank you so much for listening and being part of the One Bite Vegan Summit. Remember, one bite is all it takes to make a change. Thank you for listening and being part of the One Bite Vegan Summit. Be sure to keep up to date with the latest One Bite Vegan online events and free resources, including the One Bite Vegan blog and digital magazine, by connecting with us via our website, onebitevegan.com. Remember, One Bite is all it takes to make a change.